I'll start reading verse number one. The Bible says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness, and enter not into judgment with thy servant. For in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For thy enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land, Selah. Hear me speedily, O Lord. My spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know uh, the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, and my, uh, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God, thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake. Um, bring me, or bring my soul out of trouble. And of thy mercy cut off mine enemies, and destroy all them that afflict my soul, for I am thy servant. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this morning. Lord, um, give us a fresh anointing of your spirit that we may understand uh, this passage of scripture and many verses, Lord, that we are going to open as we um, go through this um, prayer of David. Lord, help me that um, I also may be able to utter these um, um, words, O oh God, that you have placed in my, in my heart. And I pray, Lord, that you will bless your people. Let the Holy Spirit now to take control of our service and um, fill us, Lord, with your um, with your joy and love. And I pray, O oh God, that uh, we'll all rejoice in you and we'll understand, Lord, your will into our lives. Bless, Lord, your people once again and bless me as I preach. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. Desiring to do thy, the will of God in our lives. It's uh, Our focus here is here in verse number 10. Teach me to do thy will. Again, it is it is a heart's desire um, for every child of God to seek God's will. That is the basic thing. Uh, when you when we come to know the Lord, what we want to do is what you know. We have this desire to do whatever God wants us to do out of our joy of the salvation that we have received from Him, out of the joy of our heart of. You know, the blessings, the, the unspeakable gift of salvation that the Lord has given to us. We ask the Lord, Lord, um, um, let me know your will. Again, all of us perhaps decide that um, seeking God's will in our lives because we want to, to please the Lord in our lives. We want God to be glorified. Here in Psalm chapter 143, um, this is a penitential psalm. This is a, you know, um, a psalm of David. Right, uh, uh, written by David from many years ago, like 1,000 years before Christ uh, was born. So David, he was a brave and mighty king. This psalm uh, reveals his heart. He pours out his heart unto the Lord. But we know that David is a, is a mighty and a, a man of valor. He was a man of war. And behind the facade of his bravery and courage in warfare, King David actually is a soft-hearted soul. He's very soft to the Lord. He, his heart is very soft to God. It's very, uh, you know, um, different maybe from, from if you look at him as a person standing with a sword or, or you know, uh, coming off from, from, from war. Um, he's, he's a very scary person maybe because he kills thousands of people with his own hands and and he just he just you know and he just knows the art of war but behind that you know um bravery that he had he has a very soft heart for the lord he has a very kind heart for god he said in verse number 10 
teach me to do thy will. In, in this phrase is an amazing phrase and we will consider uh, so many things here um, because this is the heart cry of King David. This is his heart cry for grace and, and for, for God, you know, to, to reveal his will and to be able to uh, give him um, the ability also to perform, to do his will in his life. As we understand that in our life, even individually, uh, each one of us, no matter what we are, no matter what achievement we have achieved in this life, there is only one thing that really matters in this life, and that is to do the will of God. That is the basic thing that we all need to attend in this life. If you are not doing the will of God in your life, I will tell you, you will regret it. You will regret, you know, this years past in your life, all these times that have passed in your life. You will regret it for all eternity. Why you did not give your life to God? Why you did not give your all to God? I will tell you, our life here on this earth is maybe just this amount of time. This is the amount of time that we can praise the Lord and we can glorify Him in our life. And after this amount of time, you are going to face this all eternity. And all this eternity, the joy for that eternity, will only be based on this little amount of time. If you will just, you know, if you, if you will just, um, um, you know, uh, give yourself, you know, uh, uh, all the the, uh, the the pleasure and 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 things that you want in this life you will just uh, enjoy your life right here because life is very short and you will just enjoy it and not giving your your time to God you're not giving your life to God when we arrive to eternity then you will look back and and see how foolish you are why you are not giving your life to God it is a foolish thing really to neglect the Lord and to neglect His will in our life while we can. Because time will come that there will be no more time for us to do His will. Only in this little time that the Lord our God requires us to do His will. And David desires it. David, you know, ask God for it. Lord, teach me to do Thy will. So my friend, um, the passion to do the will of God here is demonstrated by David. But not just David, even the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But we'll see first in Psalm chapter 40, verse number 7. Because you will see here and you will find here that this has been what Jesus Christ said um, in, 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 in the gospel. When David said this in Psalm 40, verse number 7. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. You see the passion. The passion of David and the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 4, verse number, verse number um, 33. John chapter 4, verse number 33. The Bible says, Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him out to eat? Verse 34, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. You see his passion to do the will of God. In, in Matthew chapter 26, verse number 38, Matthew chapter 26, verse number 38, then said, saith he unto them my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death tarry ye here and watch with me and he went a little farther verse 39 and fell on his face and prayed saying oh oh my father if it be possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as i will but as thou wilt the lord has the passion to do the father's will now David also said these words. Let me or teach me to do thy will. Teach me to do thy will. Now what does this sixth word um, 
prayer of David teach us this morning? What does this um, prayer of David, you know, um, give to us as, as enlightenment of knowing or doing God's will? My friend, we will take a look at this um, particular desire of David. He's asking God to teach him the will of God. I believe for every um, faithful um, child of God here in this room this morning, I believe you have that desire. You want to do God's will in your life. You want to, you want to uh, perform it. You want to fulfill it. Here in this um, desire of David, it reveals that God has his own will. Remember, we, we can do when we wake up in the morning, we have already things in our mind what we want to do and accomplish for that day. We already have something that we plan to do. And for most of the time, God is not part of that plan. For most of the time, we do not think about God when we, when we want to do something. But here, my friend, David is asking the Lord, teach me to do thy will. Why? Because God is ready and is willing to reveal his will to his children. And many people have asked this question, um, how can we know God's will? How can we really know it? Is there really any, uh, you know, chance that we can know God's will in our life? My friend, the answer is that God is always and even far more willing to guide us than we ourselves wanted to be guided by Him. Before we desire, you know, God to guide us, before we desire God to guide us, our God already was, you know, um, um, eager to guide us because he wants the best for us not the second best for us we do not know what is best really we do not know what is best for us but God knows exactly what is best for us and in fact he does not want to give us the second best he wants us to have the best remember um, the Lord Jesus Christ when he looked at the city of Jerusalem and he cried there. He he was he was sorrowful. He was his heart was broken to see Israel, to see Jerusalem. In Matthew chapter 23, verse number 37. <laughs> Matthew chapter 23, verse number 37. This is what he said. He said in verse 37, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets. And stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. You know, the Lord is looking at these people and he wanted to, 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 to teach them. He wanted to talk to them. He wanted to um, you know, teach them the things of God. But the people rejected him. The people do not want to have to, to do anything with him. The Lord's perfect will um, is to pour his blessing upon his people, but his people rejected him. God's perfect will in your life, he wanted to pour his you know, perfect will and blessing upon your own life. But for many times, by the way we live our life, we are rejecting the Lord in our life. We are rejecting his, um, his, his guide, uh, I mean his uh, guidance. We are rejecting his, his um, um, precepts and we are rejecting his ways. That is why the Lord has the perfect will, but we don't accept his will in our life. The rejection of the people of God in that, you know, appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago caused the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. As you know the history, what happened there, the Lord our God allowed the destruction of Jerusalem. God has a perfect will for their lives, but the Lord also has a permissive will. He would just allow it because the people rejected God, so God allowed them to do what they want. 
and sometimes the Lord will visit them and bless them, but not really to the fullness of the blessing that God has in mind. The Lord has a perfect will and perfect blessing for the people of God, but because they rejected Him, so God, you know, sometimes stepping back and just, you know, give um, um, blessing here and there, um, but not really the perfect will. So you have to understand that God has this, uh, what we call, permissive will, and He has also this, what we call, um, perfect will. When we say perfect will, we mean that uh, that something that which is the highest, the highest and most gracious um, purpose of God in your life. By the time that we are born into this world, the Lord, you know, has a you know, has a desire for you. He has a desire that He wants us to follow Him. But if you do not follow His perfect will, the Lord, by His grace, He also have this. Um, permissive will. This permissive will is that something that he may allow, something that he would allow you to do and maybe accomplish, but not really, not really that he approves it. Not really the you know the thing that he wants you to have. But because you have you are hard-headed, but because you are, you want to do your own agenda in life, and then that is not what God wants you. To do and wants you to have and then because you are forceful in that and the lord will allow you but that is not what god is really uh, desiring for you or commending uh, in his heart for you you know in my life as a person as a person as a as a pastor i may have god's highest will for my life and i will tell you when, when i figure that out that this is god's will for my life and this and this alone will be the life's highest purpose and its greatest, you know, um, usefulness for His glory. That should supposed to be my, my aim and my goal and my attention and all my, my efforts and all my labor should be focused on that. But if I will not accept God's perfect will in my life, I may make my own plans and insist my own choice and, and he may allow me to do, and, and even even um, he will he, he may even give me the grant, the grant of blessing in some measure. But I will tell you, my friend, in going that path, not doing the perfect will of God, there might be some difficulty, hardships, and struggles I may encounter. And there, there might be some failures on my way. Why? Because that is not the perfect will of God that I am following. I am just following my own um, will. I am just following my own design and, and the desire in the future and neglecting God in my life. I do not know how many of us are following our own will, not the will of God. I do not know how many of us, because worst thing happened to them when they you know um, did not follow the Lord just like what happened to Israel when they did not follow the Lord when they rebel against the Lord and they did not give their all to God and what happened to them is destruction misery hardship and 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 death followed them you see that is what will happen to a person that does not follow the Lord fully. How are you this morning? Are you following the leading of God in your life? Have you followed Him? Have you, uh, did, you, did you seek the Lord of what God wants in your life? Because as we look at this psalmist here, as we look at David, how he sees, you know that, the, the looking back what happened to his people it was regrettable it was regrettable because of the action of the people of Israel in the time of their testing they failed God they did not follow the Lord fully and that's what happened to them and you see in Psalm 106 verse number 3 of 13 Psalm chapter 106 and verse number 13, the Bible says, They soon forgot his work. 
They waited not for his counsel. Sounds like many of us. We don't wait God's counsel. When we do one thing, then we just focus straight on and without even consulting the Lord, without even praying for the matter, without even, you know, um, um, asking the Lord first and, and asking God's guidance on some decisions that you have made. My friend, this is what, you know, the remedy, I mean, the, 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 the problem of these people, they have not found the remedy that the Lord um, gave them. In times of their um, situation, in times of their trouble, they do not follow the Lord. They do not uh, give God, you know, the consideration. They soon forget God's works. Verse number 14 is worse. Psalm 106, verse number 14. But lasted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. You know what happened? They challenged the Lord. Can God provide a table for us in the wilderness? Is there, the Lord can provide us food throughout uh, our journey in the wilderness? They put questions. They, they, they belittle the power of God. They limit the, the power of God in their lives. And, and they, they are ready to rebel against the Lord. They are ready to go back to Egypt and, and, and fight against the Lord. The Lord was, you know, hurt. The Lord was hurt. I hope the Lord is not hurt in your life. I hope the Lord is not, you know, um, um, seeing you just like the, the, the children of Israel back in the wilderness. Because the people of God in the wilderness, they lusted, the Bible says in verse 14, they, uh, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request. They give them the request. What, what was the request? They want to eat meat. They want to eat meat because they are sick and tired of eating the bread from heaven. The manna was the manna was the angel's food in heaven. And the Lord shared it to his people here on earth. And the people of God here on earth rejected it. They lost upon it. They, they hated it. They don't like to eat manna anymore. They want. They, they remember the food back in Egypt that they have all these onions and the cucumbers and all these gingers and tomato and they remember all that and the meat. They don't have meat in, in the wilderness. And what happened? The Lord caused that that east wind and and all these birds, you know, um, dove into their tents and 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 the entire place was filled with with whales and birds after their waste they cannot walk on soil all birds there and they were eating and they they enjoy the meat and they eat and they just rejoice eating the meat and the bible says while the while the meat was the, was still in their mouth the lord you know punished them the lord um snuck them because you know, their, their heart was really against the Lord. This is verse number 15. And he gave them the request, but sent leanness into their soul. They become very strong and, and, and you know, muscly. And they, they become very healthy looking. But their soul is very, very lean. I'll tell you, my friend, there's a lot of people you can see that they are very good and, and nice. And muscles and body and strong looking but I will tell you if they are not fed with the Word of God they are very very lean they have no spiritual strength they look good in the outward appearance but inside their soul is so is weakly and here this is what happened to these people that the food that the Lord allowed them although God does not plan to give them meat but the Lord, in His permissive will, allowed them to have meat. But that meat caused them fatness in their body, but brings also leanness to their soul. They become very, very, um, you know, unspiritual uh, uh, and carnal. And the Lord was hurt by these people. These people, they strengthened their physical bodies, but it weakened their souls. 
They are the people that receive abundant material blessings, but God brought their souls into abject poverty. It's very sad that this also happens to so many um, children of God. The children of God, from you know, God bless us material blessings, and we enjoy God's material blessings, and um, we look good. We have um, you know things in our house and everything, and our clothing, and um, perfect. We want whatever we want, we can have it. But I will tell you, if you are not careful, that fatness of your body may bring also leanness to your soul. If you are not careful on neglecting the Lord's will in your life. In Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 81, verse number 10. Psalm 81, verse number 10. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. This is God's desire. This is God's perfect will. God will fill us with all the blessings, and that is his desire for his people. But notice what's the problem. Verse number 11. Psalm 81, verse 11. But, my people would not hearken to my voice. And Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust. And they walked in their own counsel. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me. And Israel had walked in my ways. He said in, in verse number 14, I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves um, unto him, but their time should have endured forever. Verse 16, he should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock, should I have satisfied thee. Notice here the, the occasion of of forfeited blessing there are a lot of blessings that God has planned in his mind there are a lot of blessings that God desires to pour out towards his people but the people of God are not ready to receive the blessing the people of God rejected God's word they rejected God's you know um, um, word and that they would not um, do anything what God says and therefore God withholds the blessing and send destruction upon them. And again, these are the forfeited blessing. We call it forfeited blessing because these were supposed to be the blessings they had to receive from God because God um, desired it, but they did not receive them. Why? Because people have nothing to do with God. They do not make God as important to them anymore. They do not want God to have anything to do with them. They do not want God to be a part of their daily walk. God has no place in their schedule. God has no place in their heart. And that is what happened here. There are a lot of blessings that they have forfeited. And again... God's people receive God's permissive will, but not God's perfect will. Why? Because they hearken not unto His voice. Now, what are the conditions of knowing and doing God's perfect will? And how, and how we may know His perfect plan for our life? How are we going to know it? David here, in his prayer, give us any clue. If we go back to Psalm 143, verse number 10, we will see here the clue that David has given to us. First, we understand that um, the will of God is revealed. Um, I mean, the, the will of God is ready and he's willing to reveal his will to his children. But this time, we will find that David here reveals the heart of a repentant soul. It is necessary for a person to, to receive the will of God and to do the will of God um, by giving to God 
um, a soul that is that is agreeing with God. For many times, the children of God disagree with God. For many times, we have our own will, we have our own way, and we reject God's will. And again, David here, this is the heart cry and longing of a truly repentant person. He said, teach me, teach me to do thy will, O God. This reveals to us the heart of a repentant soul. My friend, before we become Christians, before, you know, um, we come to know the Lord, before someone came to us and shared to us the gospel, we are not really interested in God's will. We were not interested in, in the Bible. We were not interested in church. We were not interested in, in prayer. And we were not interested in singing the hymns. I hope that, you know, that was uh, the case before and not the case of the present. As you are saved now, I expect that all of us have changed and all of us, you know, uh, our heart is, has changed toward God. And now we begin to read the Bible and now we begin to, you know, voluntarily come to the Lord in prayer. Now we, we begin to voluntarily, you know, get up in the morning and come to church. That is voluntary. That is coming from our volition because we love the Lord. We, we seek Him in our heart personally. Not someone that needs to push us to go to church or someone that needs to punish us if we don't. No. We, we, we come to the Lord because we love the Lord. And here, David reveals this heart of a repentant soul in, in um, Psalm chapter, or Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 6. Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 6, the Bible says, All we, like sheep of Ganeshrei, we have turned everyone unto his own ways. Unto his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, this is what happened. We Christians, if we are left to our own, if we are left to ourselves, uh, we want to use our time in a different ways. We want to use our time not really so much in the church. We don't want that church. We want to use our time maybe to go into the beach from time to time, going to uh, watch movies and uh, watch uh, uh, with, with, with uh, popcorn and soft drinks. And uh, We want to go to the shopping mall and, and buy some um, things for, for the house or we want to go travel we want to go to other places we want to stay in a nice and uh, cozy hotels and um, spend our time and, and eat with our family in a very nice and expensive restaurants we want that we don't want the church you know we, we don't want to spend more time in church if we only will be allowed to do you know uh, to plan our time we don't want church as part of it we have our own way. We have different ways of spending our time. That is what the Bible says here in verse number 6 of Isaiah 53. All we like sheep of God is right. We have turned everyone to his own way. But my friend, we are only interested in our own will. And we are only interested in our own, in our own way. But what happens when the Lord our God in His mercy, steps into our life. And again, I believe that our God steps in your life. That's why we are here. That's why I'm here. If the Lord did not, did not intervene, did not come and change my ways, I would not be in church. I would still be, if I'm still alive, I would still be drinking there on the side of the road. I would still be, you know, gambling in some people's gambling houses. I would still be, you know, going to those places that Christians should not go. I would still be doing things apart from the will of God. But praise the Lord that He stepped into my life as He does maybe to you and to many of us and we change. And again, we praise the Lord for His intervention into our lives. Why? Because it is God's mercy upon us. He is merciful. And He sets our life right now in the right path. He wants us to spend our time with Him. He wants us to spend our time with His Word. 
He wants us to come to church in a regular way. And he wants us to, to, to talk to us in, a, in our private room, in our private time. The Lord intervenes and he comes and, and we allow him. Because without him intervening, we will do our, what, what, what pleases us to do. There was a man um, who was fully convinced that Christianity was wrong. In his mind, in his heart, Christianity was wrong. So therefore, with his passion, he fought against it and that he was willing to kill people who are known to be Christians and he was willing to put them in prison. And this is the story very familiar to us. This story is not really strange to us because we know this person. This, this was the person named Saul of Tarsus. And his story is recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. You will find there, um, in, especially in verse number 6, notice here in verse number 1. Acts 9, verse number 1, and Saul, this is the person that becomes Paul later on when he became an apostle of Jesus Christ. Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go to the city. Go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now notice most specifically verse number 6 when he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? My friends, me as a Christian now and observing people who got changed and, and, and looking at those people who, whose lives are changed by the Lord, one of the marks of a person that is ripe for salvation is his desire to know and to do God's will. That is really common sight for those people who are, who are really wanting God in their lives. They want to do what God wants them to do. And they, they, are, they are so... They are so so um, obedient to God. When, whenever someone invites them to, to do something for God, they would, you know, be pleased to do it. You invite them to church, they would love to come to church. You invite them for Bible study, they would love it. They, are, they have that hunger, they have that thirst. They have that desire, they have that passion to do what God wants them to do. But you see, this man, Apostle a soul um, few seconds before his encounter with the Lord you know go back few seconds from there few seconds before he saw the Lord on the road to Damascus this person was ferocious this person was um, he was what he was on fire he was you know passionate he would be willing to kill people if these people worshiping Christ. In other words, he wants to destroy Christianity. He wants to put an end to that religion once and for all. And that was his mission. But after such encounter with the Lord, Saul made a complete about face from being passionate, um, from being passionate in his fight against the Lord. And in just seconds, he made a complete opposite action. He surrendered to the Lord fully. And he asked the Lord, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He acknowledged the Lord in his life. He thinks of the Lord to be his now master. He's calling the Lord now as his Lord. And immediately he served the Lord. He served him faithfully. And I tell you what. 
the Apostle Paul served the Lord the same intensity and passion as he had when he fought against the Lord. You see, a repentant soul seeks to do the will of God in his life. He was repentant. Another thing that you can find in the prayer of David, when David said, teach me to do thy will. My friend, this prayer of David indicates that God's perfect will cannot be known unless God himself reveals it. You cannot know this will of God. You cannot. By just coming to church, you know, as you know, as, as, as regularly as you can, you cannot. This will of God cannot be revealed to you until you are desperate in doing God's will. You cannot find this will of God until you are desperate in asking God, Lord, teach me to do thy will. Why? Because to know and to do God's perfect will, there is a requirement. We have a requirement that we need to perform and we need um, to fulfill the first requirement that we can find here in the, in the prayer of David when he said, teach me to do thy will. What we can find there is a teachable attitude. A teachable attitude. Any person that, that lacks the teachable attitude can be a problem to the Lord because the Lord, you know, cannot um, use a person that is not teachable. Are we teachable? Is God now, you know, uh, is your ears open unto the teaching of God in your life? Because this is indicated in David's request. Teach me. Teach me. Remember, David is not an ordinary person. He's a leader. We know him. But he's not an ordinary leader. He's the king. He was the king. He was the richest man in the country. The mighty man of war. People feared him. People revered him. But he said, teach me. Amazing desire to follow God. He wants God to teach him. This is the kind of person that God blesses. This is the kind of person God is looking for. When in our heart we say, teach me to do thy will. Teach me. Wow, David. It tells us that David acknowledged his need. Even though he is already, he has attained the, the highest position in the land. He was the king of Israel. And yet, he wanted to be taught by God. Well, I don't really think that David wanted, you know, any other teaching or some more teaching. After all, he was a man after God's own heart. That is true, but he admitted it. He admitted it in his prayer. That he needs God's teaching. Teach me. That is why David was a man after God's own heart. Because he desires God's heart in his life. What he wants in this world is God's heart. He wants to be closer to God as much as he can. He wants the very heart of God. He wants, you know, to be whatever God's desire in his life, he wants it. Whatever God's desire in his heart towards him, that's what he wants. That is why he was so desperate. For God's will. So that he will be able to do it. And if, if, um, if it requires him to humble himself, he would. If it requires him to, to, you know, to follow every word God said, he would. Why? Because David has a teachable attitude. There must be a teachable attitude in order for you to do God's will. Another thing. Teach me. This also will show us that there must be humility there. There must be a whole amount of humility because as I told you, this man is not an ordinary person. 
This is the king of Israel, and kingdoms feared him. Not just ordinary people in countries are uh, um, afraid of him. Kings and captains and, and warriors afraid of David. And yet, he was so humble. Teach me what, what this will tell you. It speaks of a childlike spirit. You know, people who are rich, people who are powerful, educated, famous, this kind of people could easily be wallowed in pride. They can easily be there in the, in the pedestal of pride. Because by nature, they could hardly develop this kind of childlike spirit and humility. Heart is very difficult for powerful people to be humble. It's so, it's so difficult for rich people to be humble. Rich, famous, powerful, to be humble, they can only by God's grace. But so easy for them to be proud. Now we look at this person, another example of rich person in the book of Acts chapter 8 verse number 26. We can find a person there that is also very rich. Verse number 26, Acts 8, 26, he said, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had a charge of all her treasure, and had come to, Jer to Jerusalem for to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot, and read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit of the Lord and the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the, um, the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except someone should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. You see this person, this person is an educated person. I believe so because he was the governor of the Banco Central. He was the head of the banks of the country. The money, he controls the, the, the rates, he controls the exchange rates, he controls that. He must be very, very educated. He must, he must know languages, he must know all these things. But this question of the preacher, of this deacon, the, the question of this man is quite insulting. Understandest thou what thou readest? Do you understand what you read? Some, some educated person will be asked that kind of question, will be flared into, into anger, and will say, who are you to tell me? Who do you think you, know, you are? People are proud of their power, proud of their um, position, proud of their money, proud of their education. But this man is not. He's very humble. He was so rich. He was educated and yet very humble spirit. It is a blessing to be around humble people because these people, you know, it just condescend to what level you may be. These people will just go down to, to your level. Even though they are so high, they will go down to your level and they cannot be offended of what you are going to say. My friend, pride is evident everywhere. Sometimes you will find it in your job, in your workplaces. Sometimes you will find it in your homes. Sometimes you, you will encounter pride, you know, and you hear it from your children. And they will say, oh, why are you telling me what to do? Who are you and who do you think you are? Look at yourself. So we, we, we experience that and we see that is pride. Every time I hear that, that is pride. If I have a chance, if, that is, if my children will say this kind of line of language, I will tell them that is pride. You don't know who I am? Oh, that kind of line is pride. Whenever we say that to any person in this world, the one that's saying that word has pride. 
I promise you, no matter how poor I may become, I will never come to you for help. That is pride still. That is pride. Why? Because pride comes in so many ways. Pride comes when you are rich. Pride can come when you are poor. Pride can come when you succeed. Pride also can come when you fail. Pride can come when you win. Pride can come also when you lose. It comes in so many different facets. But again, that is real. You see, but there's one thing that we need to understand. You see this kind of thing, pride does not come from the Lord Jesus. It comes from Lucifer. Pride comes from Satan. In Isaiah 14, verse number 12. Isaiah 14, verse 12. The Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven? Lucifer. Oh, Lucifer. Son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart. See, heart, not lips, not mouth. But in his heart, he has not spoken it in his mouth, but God, you know, saw it in his heart. For thou hast said in thine heart, I, you see the eyes, a lot of eyes here. I, 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 I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will uh, also um, sit also upon the mouth of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. But God said in verse 15, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. God puts a stop to this pride, uh, proud person, and God puts a stop to this pride in our life. He does not want us to be proud. God wants us to be humble. You see, if you become successful, just be humble. Thank the Lord, Lord, if not because of you, I will not I will not have this success. Lord, if not if, if it's not because of you, I cannot have this kind of job. Lord, if it's not because of you, I cannot have this kind of um, house. I, I cannot have this kind of car. I cannot have this kind of education. Lord, if it's not because of you. So give it unto the Lord. And you know, stay away from pride. Why? In Proverbs 16, verse number 18, pride goeth before destruction. An unhaughty spirit before a fall. In Proverbs 29, verse 23, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. There must be a teachable spirit. And also, there must be humility. And lastly here, although this is not my, the last supposed to be, but this is the last point. There must be a willingness to do God's will. Because, you know, in doing God's will, there are things there that you calculate that it's so hard to do. But when you decide to do God's will in your life, whatever it involves, as David said, teach me to do thy will. It is not simply saying, teach me to know thy will. But what's really his goal is just not to know God's will, but to do God's will. Because to know God's will is one thing, but to do God's will is another. Because when you begin to see God's will, God wants you to go to, to Cambodia to be a missionary. Now that is God's will for you. And you know it. It's not the end of the matter because there is another step, which is to do it. David did not ask God to show him and to know God's will. What he asked is to do God's will because in doing God's will, there's a struggle. There is a price to pay. It can be that your life will end there. It can be when you do God's will, that will be the end of your you know, earthly ambition. That will be the end of your, of your, you know, um, you know the, the, the people around you that you treasure so much. That you have to leave them. That is why here to do God's will 
is something that we need to beg God, Lord, please, Lord, teach me to do thy will. Because it's hard to do God's will. To know God's will can be known. God's will can be known. But to do it is really, you know, a struggle. David, you know, saw here the, the problem that he is facing. The problem that he faced is not to know God's will, but to do God's will. Because in doing God's will, it may involve, it may involve things there that may be hard. Things there that may be not pleasing. Things there that may be painful. Things there that is not popular. Uh, things there that perhaps, you know, um, um, will end his ambition in life. That is why he prays this prayer. Teach me to do thy will. My friends, if you have this kind of prayer in your life, and you will ask the Lord, Lord, I know, I, I do not know how hard it is, but Lord, help me and teach me to do thy will. I want to please you, O God, in this life. Because we only have this small amount of time. And after this small amount of time, it opens to eternity. And every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week of this eternity, look back to this little time. Why I did not, why I did not give all my all to the Lord? Why I did not give the Lord the best that I can give? Then you will regret it throughout all eternity because of this little decision that you have done. God showed you His will and you have to do His will, but you coward it. You do not, you, you cannot give up your ambition. You cannot give up your pleasure. You cannot give up your, you know, pity sins. You cannot give up your drinking. You cannot give up your gambling. You cannot give up your womanizing. You cannot give up your the, the things that you, that you love. You cannot give up your computer games. You cannot give up all those things. But I will tell you, my friend, you look back, you will, you will find that, oh, foolish man I, I was. I was so foolish why I did not give my all to the Lord. My friend, this is the prayer of David. And I hope and pray that we will be affected by this prayer. When we come to the Lord ourselves in our private time and seek the Lord and say to the Lord, Lord, teach me to do thy will. Have you got this longing in your life in your heart because without you make this a longing in your life in your heart as i told you a while ago that you cannot find god's will in your life until you are desperate until you are desperate of owning it and the lord will not show it to you until you come to the point of desperation i hope that we are i hope that we are because if we don't, if you are not, then you will just be contented of what we are doing today. Come to church and forget God tomorrow, and think about God Sunday morning, and forget God the Monday, the next day. But that is not going to please the Lord. And you will see forward in eternity, looking back, you will regret it. My friend, just like David, ask the Lord, teach me to do thy will. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's pray our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that there's one thing that is so important in this life, and there's only one thing, and that is to do your will. Lord, teach us to do thy will. Oh God, Lord, I know that there will be a lot of things that will come and 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 changes in our lives if we do your will because Lord there are a lot of things in our lives that are not maybe pleasing to you and if we do your will oh God we may have to face the reality that we have to to um, turn our back on these things that we that we take pleasure of please Lord teach us to do thy will and help us oh God to be a people that that are pleasing to your sight because Lord this life is nothing this life is is uh, worthless and useless 
if we will not be able to do your will. Lord, thank you for reminding us this morning. and Help us, Lord, to see to it that we will be begging upon you, Lord, upon our private time in our prayer, to ask you to help us and to teach us to do your will. Bless your people, O God, and thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's bow our heads and uh, let's take our um, songs and let's um, sing that final hymn. What song is that, brother? And... Um,